This is Real Estate Rookie episode 249er. You have an LLC or a corporation, 100% you have to keep it separate because or else you're piercing that corporate veil that opens you up to liability. If you get sued, someone can say, well, yeah, even though this property is owned by an LLC, the rental incomes are going into Tony Robinson's personal account. And that, you know, opens you up to a lot of liability where if you have the property in your personal name, you can commingle those funds by having it in the personal account that you do. And you just have to track which ones are for business, which ones are for personal. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I'm here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we give you the inspiration, motivation, and stories you need to hear to kickstart your investing journey. And today, I want to give a shout out to someone from the Rookie audience who left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Goes by the username Justin G419. Justin says, I feel like I finally found a real estate podcast that puts so many questions I have into perspective. This is a business I feel passionate about jumping into, and this podcast makes me feel like I can take this journey beyond just living comfortably. Justin, we appreciate you. And if you haven't yet left us an honest rating review, please do. The more views we get, the more people we can help. And that's always the goal here. So we are live in Phoenix, Arizona right now. We are with our production crew in an Airbnb. And last night, we just did a meetup with uh, over 200 investors uh, from the Phoenix area. And we actually had a couple of people that flew in. So we interviewed Alexandra, who flew in from Fort Lauderdale. And then we met a couple that came from Ohio. Nick and Alexis flew in from Ohio. We appreciate you guys. I met another couple that flew in from California, um, Charles and Lily. Um, so just so many great people that like flew out just to come to this meetup. It was it was such a crazy, uh, cool experience. So if you guys want this to keep happening, we're trying to per- persuade uh, the BP team to keep this thing rolling. Uh, so get active in the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. Say, we want you guys to come to this city. We want you guys to come to this city. Um, the more support we get from you guys, the, the more often we can do this. Yeah, it was really cool to network with everyone and just meet some of the rookie community and then also talk with experienced investors, too. So we did the meetup with Pace Morby and Jamil from On The Market, and we sat got to sit down with Jamil and kind of pick his brain on a couple of things last night, and it was really valuable. Also, a big shout out to Jamil because it was actually his birthday yesterday and he chose to spend his birthday evening hanging out with us at this meetup. So just goes to show how much Jamil here cares about uh, the bigger pockets community. So Yeah, and it wasn't us. It was all of the other people there that he wanted to send it with. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller-financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. 
Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do-not-call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com bp. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But Ash, we're here for, for something special today, right? We're talking about something special. So why don't you show the people, if you're watching this on YouTube, why don't you show the people what you got? So a uh, grueling year and a half, I finally have published my first book. Congratulations, <laughs> Ashley Care, published <laughs> author. So it's called Real Estate Rookie, 90 Days to Your First Investment. And basically, it just gives you the steps you need to take to purchase uh, your first investment property. Before we get into like the nitty gritty of the episode, just like how was it for you writing this book? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it because some people say, you know, you get in front of the computer. And it's just like, you know, your brain goes blank. Like, how, how was it for you? Honestly, it went back and forth. Like at some points, I felt like all of this information in my brain, how can I articulate it onto a piece of paper like how can I even organize it and put into a piece of paper then other times it was just like drawing a blank like I I don't even know how to even talk about this topic anymore like I just said what it is and what you need to do and so a big thing that I struggled with was um, I'm very analytical so like telling the stories that go along with it that's just not me so that's where I struggled but how does it feel now to be holding this book in your hands? Yeah, it's still uh, very surreal. And so last night was really my first event with um, handing out copies. So someone came up to me to have them sign a copy. And I was so excited. I was giddy. And I take the book and I open it. And Tony and Sarah had already signed <laughs> the copy of the book. But that just like made for the best story ever. But um, it was pretty great. So she came up to me first. She's like, can you sign my book? I was like, I didn't write this. She's like, I know it's okay. I just want you to sign it anyway. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really funny. It was awesome. Yeah, so this book, it contains a lot of information about getting started in real estate investing. Everything that you read in this book, you can find on the internet. You can talk to other investors. The problem with real estate is there is so much information out there, like, information overload. There's so many different strategies, so many different ways to finance a deal, to get a deal, all these different things. So what I tried to do is to kind of build out these are the steps that you're going to take. And when you get to each step, think about these different scenarios or these different options. And then you're going to be able to kind of build out what's best for you. And, you know, there's homework, there's checklists. Um, we did a pre-order. If you were part of the pre-order, you got a whole bunch of these actual worksheets included in it 
Yeah, so what are we going to talk about today? We got a we got a nice slew of topics to talk about to kind of get people ready for the new year. Yeah, so the topic that I picked out of the book, we're going to kind of dive deep into one of the chapters, and this one is building a business. So real estate investing can oftentimes be a hobby or a side hustle to somebody, and I really think it is important to run it like a business. So it's even if it's just, you know, you're purchasing your first property, it's one property, it may not seem like it's a business. You may be putting it into your personal name and not even opening an LLC, but we're going to kind of talk about the reasons why you should still operate your rental property, your investment property, your flip or whatever strategy you're doing as a business. And I think it's so important for rookie listeners to hear this because the best time to start treating it like a business is at the beginning. (laughs) It is so much easier to set yourself up the right way when you have one property versus 30. Right. And we both experienced that where it's like, oh, man, like if I would have done this like a year ago, it would have been such a big difference. And my business might be even further than it is had I done these things. Right. Because then you cut yourself having to backtrack and then you have to stop your growing and scaling and take time to like, okay, we got to, you know, implement these things, put this in order and that's literally where we're at right now in yeah. our business, where we, we've scaled so crazily over the, over the past couple of years that like the things that worked when we had five units aren't working at 30. Yeah. And it's like, OK, we need to stop before we add more units into the system because the system's going to break. Yeah. And now we're going back and saying, OK, where are the where are the things that are broken? How do we fix those? And, you know, how do we spend, make it more efficient? Right. So I think had we had those discussions early on, we could have saved ourselves. Yeah. I met an investor last night at the meetup who was saying that This year, her goal, she's not even going to buy any properties. She just wants to stabilize those the large portfolio that she already has. She's just like grown and scaled so much and purchased so many properties that she's like, I know that I can maximize my cash flow more. I know that I can make this more efficient and actually make more money off of them. I'm just like all over the place. So I'm going to take the time to really stabilize those properties so I know you know, exactly. This is my cash flow that I'm going to be getting instead of, you know, constantly moving money around and, you know, upcoming repairs and expenses and like just getting a better handle on how she's running her systems and processes. Because when you have these things in place, like it it does save you money by doing some of these things. Um, You know, for example, if you get a call that you need to, you know, have a toilet fixed or whatever, if you don't have a contractor in place or somebody that you go to, you know, you're wasting time trying to find somebody, find somebody you've never worked with them before. They're maybe going to charge you a huge amount because they know it's an emergency instead of already having that contact in place. Just simple things like that may save you money and you don't even realize. Or just like taking the time to reevaluate your insurance every year. Like, am I still getting the coverage that I need? Is do I need to shop, uh, you know, my insurance out to actually save money? But that takes time. And those are such easy things to be like, just every year, yep, my premium is paid, automatically deducted, like everything is good and not reevaluating things like that. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is is treating your real estate investing like a business and not like a hobby. And so many people come into this, especially rookies, where they're so focused on, and rightfully so, around like analyzing the deals and, you know, funding and all these other things. And, but like, what are the systems we need to put in place so that it is an actual business and not just a real estate investment? Because at the end of the day, we are still entrepreneurs. We're entrepreneurs and it just happens to be that we're in the real estate space. But if you talk to every other entrepreneur, they're not just focused on like 
building the widget, they're fo- focused on building the business that builds the widgets, right? So Yeah. So I think before you even get too focused on like building out the business systems, you have to look at yourself too. As a new investor, it's most likely going to be just you starting out. So one thing I highly recommend you do is kind of do a time tracker on yourself. So there could be a, one of the reasons you could be holding yourself back from getting started is that you don't think that you have time. So I'd like to challenge you guys to do a time tracker where for the next week, even the next two weeks, you are tracking everything you do. So, you know, you wake up, you do, you know, get ready for work, you eat breakfast, you drive to work You're, you know, you could even break down your work. You know, if you have a W-2 job, what you're doing there to see if maybe there's room to actually, you know, maximize your performance there. Then when you get home from work, you know, is it an hour of Netflix? Is it, oh my gosh, 30 minutes have been gone and I'm scrolling on Instagram? Is it, you know, I'm cleaning and that's something, you know, that's actually affordable for you to outsource and, you know, you would make a better return of actually taking your time to, you know, find real estate, look at deals, analyze deals. So doing that time tracker can kind of help you figure out where your wasted time is going and where you can find time to invest in real estate. And then once you are actively, you know, you have your your property too, then you can take it a step further and see what are the time wasters? What are the things that I'm doing that are actually going to, you know, that are helping me move forward? So like back to the cleaning example of your house, like if you're not finding time to, you know, analyze deals, you can outsource that. But if you take it into the business, one thing, and we'll talk about this maybe later on in this episode about outsourcing, what are some things in the business you can outsource where your time is spent, but, you know, you have a, a better chance of doing something else that is going to bring that bigger return. So many good points. And we've got like a long slate of like super important things to talk about. So you want to jump into the first one? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So we got a, a lot of really good things to talk about today, right? So I want to jump into our next point here, which is financials. Um, What's your what's your advice, Ashley, to all those rookies out there that are wrapped? Well, first, define financials before we even talk about like why and why it's just what is it? Okay, so your financials is basically your the overview health of your business, and it's showing where the money is going. Um, the two things that I think are super important to be able to read as far as financial statements go. And there are a ton of different financial statements, like you can pull. Uh, your cash flow report. You can, you know, pull a detailed rental income report showing what each tenant is paying, all these different financial reports. But the two that I think are most important to learn as a rookie investor is the profit and loss statement and also the balance sheet. So the profit and loss statement is going to show your total income that you're receiving. So this would be your rental income, any pet fees, any other monthly charges or charges that you're bringing in then your expenses are going to be what you pay for that property. So your property taxes, your insurance, any repairs or maintenance. So any cash that you are paying out for the property, that is, um, you know, a a tax write-off that is directly an expense for that property. So even professional fees when you purchase the property, paying an attorney for that. And then uh, the profit and loss is going to show at the bottom what your net income or your net losses. So in a profit and loss statement, one thing to realize is this does not include any debt repayment. So your net income or your 
profit and loss, whatever that bottom line is, is going to be different than what your actual cash flow is. And then when you go and do your taxes, you know, one of the greatest tax advantages of being a real estate investor is depreciation. So your account and your CPA will add in that depreciation, which isn't actually cash coming out of your pocket in that year. So it's, a, it's important to know the difference between your cash flow because the cash flow is actually cash coming in and out where your profit and loss is actually for tax purposes mostly. And also underwriters, if you're going to get loans, will want to see your profit. And loss. That's interesting. I actually do show my uh, mortgage payments on my profit and loss statement. It would be the interest. So we show we show uh, the principal and the interest as separate line items and then our taxes and insurance as well. But like when you do your tax return, when you do the profit and loss, the principal payments wouldn't be, wouldn't be applied. And loss. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. So like the interest you can write off as an expense on the profit and loss, but not that principal payment of yeah. the mortgage payment. Well, for me, I just like to see at the end of the month, like, okay, how did this profit yeah. do? So really you're doing... And even though you're pulling a profit and loss statement, it really is a cash, cash flow statement. statement. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. it doesn't, you don't include depreciation. We don't include pulling that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Wait till the end of the year. Okay. But so, yeah, that would basically be the, the cash flow okay. statement then. See, and you're learning new things. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other item is the balance sheet. So this is going to list your assets and your liabilities. So if you have ever, you know, figured out your net worth, this is somewhat similar. So you know, how much cash is in your bank account, um, what's the what did you purchase the property for, and then any liabilities. So what's your mortgage amount for, any other liabilities you have. Maybe you have a private money lender, things like that, or maybe you owe a vendor money that would go under accounts payable, which would be listed on there. Then you're taking your assets and you're subtracting your liabilities from that to kind of show your... How, how often are you pulling your balance sheet? Um, actually, I really don't. I use, um, I like to look at the dashboard to look at what my bank account balances are, but I really don't look at my balance sheet except for at the end of the year. I almost never did either, but we just hired a new bookkeeper and she now sends it out monthly. Yeah. That's, that's been kind of cool to see because I can oh, never, yeah. never really looked at it before, you know, but yeah. she's doing it on a monthly basis. The, the thing is nice is too, is when you have a, a bookkeeper too, or even if you're doing it yourself, is when you take the time every single month. So when you are making that loan payment, you're separating the interest to show the interest is an expense, but then you're also taking that principal pay down and you're taking that principal pay down and subtracting it from your mortgage. So that when you do get that snapshot, you're seeing, wow, my mortgage balance is this exact amount every single month. There are a lot of people I see and that do it at the end of the year. So they just throw those payments all into the, the mortgage pay downs. Your balance looks low. And then at the end of the year, their bookkeeper or accountant will go in and do that adjustment and, you know, move the interest to the interest line item. But then instead of doing it every single month, they're doing it at the end of the year. And I, I think this is why it's super important to have a good bookkeeper. Yeah. Um, like we we had a, a virtual assistant as our bookkeeper for a while. And she did great, I think, when our business was smaller. But as it scaled, I think it was way more complex than I had the knowledge to even teach her how to do these things. Um, so we just recently invested in a much more expensive, someone who's based here stateside, bookkeeper. And just, you know, she's been with us for maybe two and a half months now. And, you know, it's already been like a world of a difference. Yeah. You know, reporting the accuracy of our books and hopefully come tax time, it'll be so much easier to do our prep because the books are much cleaner. Right. And like they're just up to date. 
Super like if you don't have that shoebox of receipts that at the end of the year you're handing to your accountant. Um, here's everything I bought. Oh, that, Try and figure it. I out. wrote that you know they paid six hundred dollars per month twi- times twelve, so that's how much income I had. Right. And then also when you're doing your bookkeeping, is doing those monthly bank reconciliations. So two great um, tools for uh, investors to use to actually track all of their income and expenses and their financials is QuickBooks or Stessa. So QuickBooks is great, but it is used by so many different businesses. So if you are hiring somebody who has knowledge of QuickBooks, great, let them run with it. But if you're going to do it yourself and you don't have a lot of knowledge on bookkeeping, I highly recommend Stessa. That's S-T-E-S-S-A. So assets spelled backwards. <laughs> I literally didn't learn that until like after a year of using it. I know. And I feel like everybody was like, it blew, it blew everybody's mind on the that out. But uh, that is targeted towards real estate investors. And it's very like specific so that you're not like overwhelmed with all of these different choices of, okay, what was, what should I label this expense for? I've been thinking about like, playing around with like a, a short-term rental specific bookkeeping software because I love Sessa, yeah. but it was geared more towards like traditional long-term rentals. Yeah. And as a short-term rental operator, I felt like there were some gaps there. And um, so I don't know if you guys think I should launch like a short-term rental accounting software, um, let me know. I think that's a huge yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually at the meetup last night, me and Sarah were having a conversation with someone about like you know how the short-term rental market is still behind in software totally. like how it had def- has definitely grown but there still are a lot of gaps in it too and then um another guy was talking about medium-term rentals now how there's nothing that is specific to that like you're juggling t- at least two different softwares to to get that done mm. yeah so if you're a developer and you know <laughs> you want to work with me on building this out hit me up yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about maybe budgeting? Like, what are your thoughts on like budgeting as a as a rental investor? Yeah. So I think we harp on all the time is having those cash reserves and knowing what your monthly expenses are so that if you are not getting rental income, you can kind of plan to pull out of your cash reserves to budget for it. So as your portfolio grows, this gets more complex, especially if you start bringing on team members and, you know, having a payroll to cover and having other people to pay. But as far as like your set monthly expenses, you should know what that number is by looking at your profit and loss and knowing, okay, every month I know what these fixed expenses are. So if you're using the bigger pockets calculator, you when you ran your numbers on that deal, you already know. Then you have your variable expenses. And that's where you should be keeping an eye on, you know, how much extra am I actually spending from, you know, maybe there's a capital improvement coming on or like a big repair or something that I didn't expect and kind of planning ahead for some of those big ticket items. Or if you have that big ticket item, how are you going to pay back your reserves and replenish that reserve account too? Yeah, I I think it's, it's such a small nuance, but super important because I think so many people forget about a lot of those expenses and especially like outside of your normal operating expenses. You know, we talked about this in a reply yesterday around just like, if you know that you're buying a property that's, you know, I don't know, 25 years old and the roof has never been replaced. Maybe at some point you start thinking about like setting money aside for the roof, right? Um, like everything in your property has some level of serviceable life, your, your water heater, your appliances, your, like we have to replace a garage door opener at one of our other properties. Like there's so many little things that pop up. So 
keeping money set aside for those expenses that are are non-regular is something a lot of rookies, I think, forget about. Yeah. And we had a question recently asking, like, for the reserves account, how many accounts are people actually having? Like, are you setting, you know, the 10% vacancy reserves in one account, the repairs and maintenance savings in another, you know, the capital improvements in another, in another? And really, I think that's a personal decision as to how well you can, you know, have self-control of, wow, there's a thousand dollars in my account. You know what? I can actually take out some more cash flow this month. And then it's like, oh, you know, those were cash reserves. I'll pay them back at some time. But if it's out of sight, out of mind, and you need it in that separate account that it's not super accessible at, then yeah, like you do that. So I think that's more of a personal decision. We we set ours up so that we have uh, one reserve account for each property. So every property has its own operating expense account, and then each property has its own reserves account. And that way we have some separation because, because I, I don't know, just for us, it, it makes And plus you have multiple, you have different, different partners, partners as well. Yeah, so we almost yeah. have to set it up that way. But, and you know, actually for our properties that we don't have partners on, we just have one reserve account yeah. for all of them. So I guess it depends on like the partnership. Yeah. That, that's the same with me for my personal properties. It's, I just keep it into the, that LLC and then each partner have the different LLCs and we keep a, you know, a minimum balance in those accounts. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this question because it's something that we've been talking about recently as well. We um we had like a, a big bill that came through from one of the properties. I can't remember what it was, but like it ate up a lot of the reserves. And we're kind of having discussions in terms of like, okay, do we just like stop taking cash flow from the property until we build the reserves up, or do we just continue putting away like the five to ten percent that we usually do? Like, what do you do when you like when you deplete your reserves? Um, I let it build back up. Like I stopped taking first of all, I really don't take any cash flow out of my <laughs> rental. So I to, you know, reinvest it right now, but that's, I build it back up to keep that minimum threshold because it, it's just, it gets replenished back so much faster. And I just feel better. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and that's kind of the conversation we're having with some of our partners is like, Hey, we know like the next three months might be a little quiet. Right. But it's like after that, we'll yeah. all feel better. And actually I've even moved money like out of my personal account into it. So, you know, did a owner's contribution into the LLC to replenish it back to that must. And that that shows on the financials that I, you know, no, I took that cash flow out. I put some back in and Mm -hmm. then, you know, it doesn't. That's kind of a smart way to do it, right? Like if you just replenish it and then just let yourself get paid back from the cash. And also you can do it instead of like a owner's contribution. You could also do it as the LLC owes you that money back too, that it's a loan. So you set it up as an accounts payable. So the uh, you know, the LLC owns you, pays you money. So that's what we've done um, with uh, my one partner, Joe, in one of our LLCs, where we both put in some money and we actually set it up as loan payables back to ourselves. And we're earning uh, 5.5% interest on that money we lent to the LLC and we get a monthly we get $302 each direct deposit into our bank. That's so, pretty smart. Thing. So like that's a, like my, instead of like taking cash flow, I get, you know, a couple payments back of money that I've put into the property that I'm making. All right. Not, not to go like too far off on a tangent, but now that money that you're getting back, yeah. it's no longer an owner's distribution, but it's mm-hmm. active income on that. The interest. Right. Yeah. On the interest, it's right? On the interest. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, 
I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb. And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When Bigger Pockets started podcasting, no one thought we needed a store, but then books, so many books, best-selling books, rookie books, partnership books. We needed the best real estate bookstore ever, so we chose Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch stage to the first order stage to the, did we just sell out the whole store stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling real estate books or retro clothing, Shopify's platform helps you sell everywhere, online or in person. Now, speaking of online, did you know Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better than other leading commerce platforms. And no matter how big you grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business. And that's why we chose Shopify for the Bigger Pockets bookstore. So sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash bprookie, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash bprookie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bprookie. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you, you know, on the same thread, right? You said you put some money in, but like, what are your thoughts on intermingling your personal finances with the business finances? Like, are, is it a hard line for you? Do you just kind of have everything blended in together? Cause I know some investors who's like, I have one account and all my business stuff is coming out of this account or my personal stuff is coming out of this account. Like it's all the same thing. 
how do you, you have an LLC or a corporation, 100% you have to keep it separate because or else you're piercing that corporate veil that opens you up to liability. If you get sued, someone can say, well, yeah, even though this property is owned by an LLC, the rental incomes are going into Tony Robinson's personal account. And that, you know, opens you up to a lot of liability where if you have the property in your personal name, you can co-mingle those funds by having it in the personal account that you do. And you just have to track which ones are for business, which ones are for personal. Um, I still prefer, even when I had my rental properties in my own name, I opened just a second checking account in my personal name and just had it like labeled Ashley Properties. And I still did all of the transactions through that just because it's easier on the bookkeeping because you know all of those expenses, all that income is for the property instead of having to go through your bank statement every month and like highlight, okay, you know, this was for groceries. This was, oh, this was for repairs or you know what? I can't remember. I had the plumber come to my house and I had him go to the property, uh, you know, which one was which. And so I think it's definitely easier on you. But also if you have the LLC or the corporation, you have to keep them separate. And then with a credit card, too, I think it is so much easier to open a credit card that is specifically for your business. So you could open your credit card in your personal name and you could, you know, put the expenses on it and then the company just reimbursed you for those expenses you did. But for me, just the same thing of having to go through your credit card statement and like highlighting this was for personal, this was for business. And like the the amount of effort it takes to open up that business account is so <laughs> exceptionally level. <laughs> And a lot of places you can get it for free. It's like, why would, like, why you would all the points and too. like you get the points to trade. So like for us, we, we have, we have a, a few credit cards for our business. We have one personal card, but we only use it for business expenses. So even though it's in like Tony Robinson's name, all the charges on there are business charges. And we also have like business, like named credit cards. So we have both, but same like, and then I have a separate credit card that's in my name, but just for personal stuff. But I, same thing, I never try and commingle those two because the bookkeeping is just like so difficult to maintain and you make it harder on yourself, make it harder on your bookkeeper, make it harder at the end of the year when you're doing your taxes. But just having that one account, you know, everything is going to be for the business. Yeah. And if you have like a bunch of different LLCs, like having those separate credit cards for the LLCs too. So it's not like, oh, I, you know, I only have this credit card, but it goes to this LLC. So now this LLC owes this LLC money. Like, you know, there's been circumstances where I'm at lows and it's like, oh, I don't have the right credit. Card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do I do? Do I pay for it? That I have to make it reimburse, no yeah. reimburse, and I go right, you know, transfer the money from that one to the other one. That, that's that's like the only downside is I like when you're doing stuff. Or like for example, we just bought um, like thirty, and there's like these devices we bought for our short term rentals. We had to buy like almost thirty of them. And each one is for a different property. Every property has its own account. And we're like, man, what is the best way to buy this? So we, essentially, we just paid for it once with our business, like our main business credit card. Then we had to make payments, like transfers from yeah, all the different like property accounts. Yeah, all the ones. Yeah. So it can get complicated sometimes, but I feel like in the long haul, it, it makes more sense. Yeah. And that, and we'll talk about, we can kind of go into this now if you want, is talking about like the bookkeeping and even outsourcing. What are some things you can outsource? And that right there is like a, a very easy example of something that you can outsource is if you're going to have multiple properties or multiple LLCs is like, how can you break out some of those, um, you know, expenses that apply to all the different properties? When I 
started self-managing, I had my partnerships and I was doing all the self-managing. And it got to the point where, okay, like I'm doing a lot more work and there's these expenses. Like I'm not going to go to the post office and buy a roll of stamps and then invoice each LLC, you know, for a third of the the price of the stamps because I'm going to use it, use the stamps for all of the mailings. And it's, I'm not going to go and buy three different stamps and then, you know, I got to make sure this, you know, stamp goes to this LLC. So what I did was I created a development company that acted as a property management company almost. So like there was a property management fee paid to the management company that would cover a lot of that overhead that was spread out between the other ones. And then it wasn't having to detail the breakdown of kind of which ones do these go. But if you have several properties in an LLC and you have a like maybe you are updating your leases and you pay an attorney that lease fee then you're you can go through and you can break out that payment to each property so it's divided out equally so yeah I just, I just want to talk a little bit about like the outsourcing the bookkeeper piece because we've done that a few different ways initially I was a bookkeeper in our business which was not sustainable in any way shape or form um, then we hired someone overseas it was in the Philippines to take on our, our books and more recently, we've hired someone here stateside. Each kind of phase has its own pluses and minuses, but here's what I'll say. If you do want to hire someone virtually overseas, they're exceptionally inexpensive, right? I think we were paying our, our bookkeeper like six bucks an hour. Which is crazy. And how long would you... We had her for two years. But I mean, like, how much would it take her to she really was... do your books? Like, how many hours a week? I think we had her capped at like 20 hours a week. So it wasn't even like full-time work. Yeah. And I don't even think she was hitting 20 hours every week, right? It, it depended. When we when we first started, she wasn't. As we now, she was really? like, yeah. I think cl working close to like 40 hours a week. Um, but the issue with going overseas is that you as the owner are kind of the cap on how effective that person is. So they're only going to be as effective as you can train them and teach them to be. And I am not a CPA. So there were so many different things that were happening in our business that I didn't have the technical understanding to educate our, our VA on how to do that correctly. So now when we hired this professional bookkeeper, she came in, she's like, Tony, your books are a mess. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I can totally understand that. But it's because I didn't give our VA the correct knowledge because I'm not a professional bookkeeper. I'm not a CPA. So I was like, yeah, just do this. I just do that. You know, and you do that for a year, your books kind of become a mess. So anyway, my point to the rookies is if you do want to go with the virtual assistant, I think it's fine, but limit their scope to match your level of expertise. So now our VA, the only thing she really does is take the receipts and apply them to the expenses. That's all she does. And I think she also like downloaded mortgage statements and things like that. But anything beyond that, now it's our stateside bookkeeper because she has the knowledge, she has the expertise to really do that correctly. So we kind of talked about, you know, the, uh, having a key person, a bookkeeper, um, and then also the financials and how to track that in different ways you can use um, software. So I want to touch on more software because it can change your life as a real estate investor, just make your life so much easier. So first is project management software. So we both use Monday.com. Love Monday. Yeah. And Monday sponsor us, please. <laughs> yeah. So Monday.com is you build out these boards where you can create checklists, you can track performance KPIs, you can track your rehab, all of these different templates that you kind of build out that you can use over and over again. Another one that I've used before is Asana. So actually, any of you listening, if you're in the Real Estate Rookie Bootcamp, you do have um, 
actually I created a template for a rehab that you can actually um, use for Asana. I had pulled it right out of there, but you can even take that information and build it into a Monday board or something like that too. Uh, and then another one that kind of goes along with that is Loom. I was just about to say that. So you, your uh, operations manager actually sent me a Loom today of one of your Monday boards you for the go. cleaning checklist. You yeah. And yeah, I mean, so like Loom is uh, a, it's a digital software, like on your computer, on you can even do it on your phone, but allows you to record your screen and your voice while you do some kind of task on the computer. Loom has been so instrumental in our ability to systematize and create repeatable processes in our business. Because now, whenever we do something, we record a quick video, then we can share with everybody. Now, here, here's the process to use Loom effectively with Monday. This is what we're doing in our business right now. And it takes a lot of discipline from you as the investor to really build this out the right way. But what we do is, like for example, um, what's something that I just recently had to do? I had to send a payment uh, to one of our vendors, right? And instead of me just hopping on there and doing it, I slowed down for a second, turned on Loom, hit record and said, okay, here's how you send a payment to a vendor through our business banking account. I go through all the steps, hit done, finish recording. And now I take that, I share with my team and I add it to a Monday board. And now the next time it happens, I can send it to my assistant and say, hey, send a payment to this person, watch this loan. And it sounds super simple, but as you, there's so many things you do as a real estate investor during the day for your business that you don't realize can be systematized and repeated by someone else. You think that it's you know only you because you've been doing it, but like when you take the time to explain to someone, record it and document it, now anyone can do it. So we use and being able to watch and listen is more effective than them reading the Maybe. steps too as to how to do something. We had Shelby Osborne or she was on the OG podcast and she talked about how every time she did something for the first time, she created a checklist off of it so that she never had to do anything twice and just remember how to do it because she always had a checklist. Um, that she would pull from to do it. And she had, amazed, had set up these amazing systems and processes to make her into this very successful investor. Yeah, I mean, and Ash, you make a great point because when you're building your business, there's all this, we call it tribal knowledge, right? Where it's inside of my head, it's inside of your head. And if you if you need to do it, you can knock it out quickly. But tribal knowledge doesn't translate well when you have new people you're bringing onto the team and it makes it so difficult to outsource. So taking that extra five minutes to just hit record on Loom, type of a script description and share with somebody else. Now you've got this library of repeatable tasks you can hand off to other people. And you're already doing it instead of when it comes up and you want them to do it of stopping what you're doing and having to show them to do it. So yeah, definitely a huge advantage. Another uh, software that I want to go over is property management software. So I'll maybe go over long term and you can yeah. gen short term. Okay. So some of my favorites is, of course, if you are a pro member for Bigger Pockets, you can use Rent Ready for free. Um, it's fully integrated with your Bigger Pockets account. And it's a great property management software. Some of the other ones I like are Buildium, Appfolio, and they're more geared towards, you know, if you have over 50 units uh, for your properties. And then there's also avail.com to or .co, avail.co. These, this property, uh, this rental property software is going to make it so much more effective and efficient for you. Tenants can pay online. Maintenance requests can be submitted online. You can sign leases electronically. You can uh, track your expenses through there. 
you can even like in Appfolio, you can pay invoices with a click of a button. Like it has an online banking system fully integrated into it. You can then, once you receive maintenance requests, outsource that by sending an email. You can set up call centers through some of these where you're not even receiving calls from your tenants anymore. They're calling the call center where you have created these tasks, almost like we just talked about in Loom. You're creating these tasks that um, at the call center, they'll go through these steps when somebody calls to kind of resolve the issue or, or they'll outsource it to one of your contractors. Wait. So this is crazy. I didn't know that they did that. So what you're saying is that if you sign up for whatever company this is, they'll give you a call center phone number and then your tenants call that number and whoever's on the other line will try and troubleshoot whatever issue it is that they have. Yeah. That way your team, your boots on the ground doesn't have to deal with it. Yeah. So though you can call and Rent Ready has this as an option, they're added on features, but you'll get your own specific, unique phone number for so that when the call is incoming, they know that it is for your property. They'll take the tenant's information and say the tenant is, you know, my outlets aren't working in my kitchen. OK, and they will say, OK, well, can you go to the electric panel, check the breaker? Did the breaker, you know, flip? And um, then we'll take them through kind of that process. Then if it doesn't resolve the issue, they'll look at your vendor list and they'll say, OK, you know what? We're going to contact this electrician. They will give you a call to set up maintenance to schedule up. So they document this whole thing. You get like an email updating, letting you know there was this maintenance request come in and that they contacted the vendor, your preferred preferred vendor for that. That's and amazing. Out. Yeah. That's that's shockingly good. Yeah. So like <laughs> there like property management software has come such a long way that I feel like you can do so much automation and like just sit back and not even like have a face to the person either like even with doing showings you can set it up now where you put a key code on the lock you have the person you know schedule their showing some of the software has that capability where you set available times whether you're going to do it in person or if they're going to go and show themselves so you give them a window like here's a code unique to you uh, please upload a photo of your license and then, you know, especially if it's a single family, you already have that ring camera on there. You can see them coming in. But if not, you have their license, then you enter the key code. If they're seeing the apartment and it's a long term rental, it's vacant. I mean, it's not like they can steal anything from it or things like that. So then you have their code available for that, you know, hour window. And then, the you know, the code erases so they can't get back into the property. You send them the application online. They fill it out. Okay, they're approved. You do their screening online. You then send them to their lease to e-sign. And then, you know, the day they want to move in, they pay online for their payment. It goes through. Okay, here's your code to access your property. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many cool ways to, you know, take advantage of technology for managing your rental. That's property. crazy. I love them. I love hearing that. Well, let me, let me talk on the short-term rental side. Um, there's a few property management softwares out there for short-term rentals as well. Some big ones are uh, Guesty, um, Hospitable, um, Owner Res is another big one. So there's quite a few out there. Um, just, I just started using Hostfully. Ho uh, yeah, Hostfully has one as well. We use Hostfully for our digital guidebook, but they also have a property management arm as well. Um, and same as you, like they allow for so much automation around the guest communication. So right now our guests get a pre-built uh, series of, I think, nine or 10 messages from the time that they book until the time, like even after they check out and we don't have to say anything to them, right? 
um, and they get all the instructions on how to check in. They get instructions on how to use the property. They get instructions on what to do when they need to check out. They get uh, reminders to review the property once they leave. So all of that is automated. Do you do any videos as to like how they can use things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we actually use Hostfully for that. So we have a digital guidebook, another great piece of software you guys should be using. And in our digital guidebook, it's, it's essentially video and written instructions for the entire property. So we'll talk about, hey, here's how to use the hydraulic lift cover for the hot tubs. So you don't break it. Here's how to uh, drive down the property when it's nighttime and you can't really find the driveway. Like we have all kinds of little videos to help people um, better use the property. How to drive down the property? Wait. We so <laughs> we have we have one property where at nighttime it sits so far back from the road that you can't see the property, and people just drive past it all the time. So we have to say, hey, here's this mailbox right here. If you see this mailbox, even though it's not the numbers, this is the you know so. Anyway, we have, we have to give instructions like that. Um, and so, yeah, it automates all the guest communication. We also use a lot of software around uh, pricing. Um, so pricing and managing your pricing is literally a full-time job at this point. Uh, we just hired two uh, virtual assistants actually to help with our pricing as well. But there's software that helps you optimize your listings pricing by looking at demand signals, by looking at supply, by looking at what your, your competitors are charging and so many other things to help make sure you're maximizing your revenue. Awesome. Cool. Um, I wanted to go through some apps too, as real estate investors that you can use. So the first one is personal capital. This is uh, like a personal finance app where you can actually link your bank accounts, your mortgages, um, even your property values, which they'll take the Zillow's estimate that we all know is very accurate, but you can manually update it. And basically it's giving you a snapshot of your net worth. Um, so it's really cool. You know, you can just refresh it every morning, see what your balances are at. Um, you know, you connect your mortgage account. It shows you what that balance is, how much, you know, you still owe on your property, what your your bank accounts are at. You know, you can add your personal, you can add your business into there. So I, I find it very valuable to keep, you know, just a eye shot on what your financials are. are really I've used personal capital a little bit. My, my only knock, and I actually messaged their support team to ask about this, and they're like, yeah, it's not a feature yet, was um, partial ownership in properties. Because I have so many properties where I own a percentage of them, so my net worth looks like super inflated. I'm like, God dang, I'm rich. But in reality, it's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm only this much. So that's the only thing. But if you, you can still go in and like manually do that math to figure out what it is, but the fact that it updates automatically is super cool. So another one um, is some time tracking tools uh, for mileage. Uh, so QuickBooks has one that's integrated called Time. And then you... I use one called the Mile IQ. I think Microsoft makes out. And that one's cool because it automatically tracks all of your drives. So you don't have to really log it. You just have to swipe left or right, whether it's business or personal. And then as far as like organization and file management, like the softwares we talked about for bookkeeping and for you know property management, they're amazing and you can store all of your files in there. But the day that you decide to stop paying, it is extremely difficult to get all of those documents out. So I highly recommend storing, you know, your receipts, your leases, like all your documents in a separate cloud storage. That's why Monday's cool though, because it allows you to attach the file directly to Monday or you can link to the Google Drive file. So what we do is we upload it to Google Drive and then attach that inside. And link it. Yeah. So it's not like doing that double. Right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Google Voice is something else we use, too, for our business phone number. So, you know, when I was self-managing, that was what the tenants would call that Google Voice number. So it's integrated to my cell phone. You can hook it to a ton of other people's cell phones. So right now, 
Um, we use it mostly for uh, deal sourcing, so leads on deals, and then um, short-term rentals if for some reason somebody's staying in a short-term rental has a problem. But it actually will ring to my phone and to my business partner Daryl's phone at the same time. And we have it set up so that it comes up saying that our development company has a phone call so that we know it's not someone calling us personally. It's our Google voice number that's calling and you can text through it. You can set up your own voicemail box through it and it's free. So, I mean, you can pay for added features, but the free works. We, yeah, we use it for our short-term rentals too. And even our VAs have access to it, which is cool because they're overseas and they still have access to everything that we would here stateside. Yeah, that's a great point. I never thought about it being an advantage for that. And the other thing too um, I want to talk about is deal sourcing. So Bigger Pockets just partnered with Envelo which you can go through and find out information about properties, get leads on properties. And um, then there's PropStream too, where it's kind of the same thing, finding information to get those deals done. And they both have apps that you can use. But Bigger Pockets just partnered with Envelo. So if you're a pro member, you get it. I think with the free version, you get pretty much everything you need as a rookie investor. And then they have the added on features you can pay for, like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> And then there's an app that actually James Daynard showed me. So when he is rehabbing a property to flip, he'll go through and do a punch list. So he'll go through and blue tape everything. So when the contractors say that they are all done with the property, he goes through and tells them what actually still needs to be fixed. So maybe, you know, there's a, a chip in a cabinet that needs some wood putty and a little touch up paint or, you know, they miss spots on the wall or there's, um, you know, a piece of tile that, you know, isn't installed correctly and is crooked, things like that. And instead of just blue taping everything, because you can blue tape everything, you can leave, tell your contractor it's blue taped, you come back, all the tape is ripped off, but what actually did we blue tape? Right, what was there? <laughs> yeah. So what this app does on Punchlist is you actually take a picture, so you can take a picture of the paint on the wall where you want it redone, and then you just like add notes like repaint living room wall on west side of house. Um, and then you go through and do all that. And then you can actually print it from the app. And then you give that list to your contractor and you have a copy of that too. Like I'm, we're sitting in Airbnb right now and I'm looking at this light switch over here and it's actually sideways. And I can tell this house has been renovated. And I wonder if that was on their on their punch <laughs> list and just no one ever noticed, you know, <laughs> just got, got stuck that way. So. Okay, and then another one that integrates with like the Google Suite, um, so it links with my Google Calendar is using tasks. So just uh, like an easy, fast, simple way if somebody like tells me something and I'm like, oh yeah, I have to do that, just typing it into task and then being able to check it off and then it disappear into the completed thing is just satisfaction. Totally. And um, one of the last things that um, I forgot that I added on here is a joke that it's still on there is... You had some excitement in your life uh, between, you know, end of August to January, uh, download NFL Fantasy. There you go. That's all you need to keep you sane. I've actually, surprisingly, you might find this pretty shocking. I'm actually number two in my league there right now. Yeah. I'm not much, I played fantasy one time and uh, I actually ended up winning the league and yeah. I, I just retired after that. I was like, that's all I need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last year was my first year and I did awful, but then like this year I am focused. There you go. Yeah. Make it up. Well, Tony, thank you for having me onto your show to talk about I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. I'm sure the rookie audience is going to love getting to know you a little bit more. <laughs> and you can find out some more information about me at Wealth for Rentals on Instagram. And check out my new book, Real Estate Rookie, 90 Days to Your First Investment on the Bigger Pockets Bookstore.
And I just want to say, like, Ashley's had tons of students at this point go through the 90-day boot camp. And we've had so many students that have had an amazing amount of success from that boot camp. So now with the book, you guys are going to get that widespread. So if you haven't picked up a copy, make sure you guys do. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. So when this comes out, the book is actually still available for pre-order. And if you pre-order through the Bigger Pockets bookstore, there's actually some like extra bonus items you get. And some of those are the worksheets from the boot camp and a couple added that weren't even in the boot camp. And then um, also you could win a three night stay in my A-frame to come visit in Buffalo. Yeah. And stay in the property and critique me as to things I could be doing a short term rental and say, you know, Tony would have uh, a better ply toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Charmin Ultrason. Yeah, yeah. But the most exciting thing I think about this, uh, the bonus content, is that we are actually going to select somebody. Well, it's a sweepstake. So somebody will be randomly selected who had pre-ordered the book to uh, be our mentee. So we're starting this new kind of episode series where we're bringing on three mentees each quarter and we're going to mentor them uh, with whatever they need help with. And so that could be you. You could be one of the three mentees for quarter two of 2023. Get to record with us on the podcast and uh, basically be our best friends for three months. (laughs) (laughs) If um, you guys do decide you want to pre-order, we do have a 10% discount code. uh, So you can either put in Ashley or Tony and we will definitely ask to see who you guys put in to know who you guys look better. Put Tony's name because she's already getting royalties on the book. So you can, <laughs> you can use my name. You do realize you're not getting any affiliate income uh, off of that. Time. I guess never mind. It doesn't matter. Then. <laughs> I don't think so. At least. <laughs> but make Tony feel good. And it's shorter to spell. So. <laughs> you can check out faster. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm Ashley at Wealthform Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. And we will be back with an actual guest to provide you guys with more value. See you guys next time. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. 
Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.